Hello, this is Jim Miller, the future strategist. Imagine that you spent $1,000 on a gym membership. Now you can't get this money back regardless of what you do. How much should having spent that $1,000 motivate you to use the gym? Or let's be, let's be even more specific. Let's consider two situations. In the first, you spent this $1,000 to join a private gym. And in the second situation, the town you live in opened up a free gym. Should you be more willing to go to the first gym given that you've already spent the $1,000? Well, the answer might surprise you. Having, having spent the $1,000 should actually have no impact on whether or not you choose to use the gym. Now, if you haven't encountered the fixed cost fallacy, you'll probably think I'm mistaken. Certainly when I present this example to my microeconomics students, they usually don't believe me, at least not at first. Our brain's intuition sometimes serves us very, very poorly and gives us the wrong answer to certain classes of problems, and this is certainly one of those kind of problems. Let me give you another example where the fixed cost fallacy is a lot easier to see. So I want you to imagine now that you go to a restaurant and you know you finished your meal and there's a very expensive dessert on the menu. And you know the dessert isn't going to be healthy. It's not going to be good for you. But you think, you know, there's a chance you're really going to like it. And it's, it's worth it. You're willing to pay the money and you're willing to accept the health cost for something that you think might just taste fantastic. So you bite into the dessert and ugh, you just you can't stand the taste. But you can't return it because you know you bit into it. Should you finish the dessert so you would not have wasted the money you spent on it? Well, no, of course not. That would just be stupid. I mean, by finishing the dessert, you don't get any money that you, you know, you don't get any of your money back, and you have to eat something you don't like, and of course, you also have to suffer the health costs. So if you bite into the dessert and you don't like it, you shouldn't finish it. That's because, in part, the money you spent on the dessert is a sunk cost. And if you're rational, you should ignore sunk costs. What, we, what a rational people should be doing is thinking at the margin. They should be saying, okay, I can do one thing or another, which will create a better world for me. If you've already spent $1,000 on a gym membership and you can't get that money back no matter what, then whether you go to the gym has no relevance for that money. So you're considering, you're choosing between two different states of the world. In one state of the world, you go to the gym, and another you don't. Well, in both of those states of the world, you don't have the $1,000, so that $1,000 isn't relevant. Now, of course, if you haven't paid the $1,000, or you can get the $1,000 back, well then, yeah, that $1,000 makes a big difference, and it should influence whether you go to the gym. Similarly, in our dessert example, you know, you're trying to decide, is the world a better place for you if you finish the dessert or if you don't? Well, in both cases, you don't have the $20. So that $20 isn't relevant. Now, I think humans, we're, we're, we have trouble ignoring sunk costs because we don't like admitting mistakes. Right? If you spend $1,000 in the gym membership and you don't go, you, you've made an error. You've wasted $1,000. You can't, you can't hide that from yourself. And if you know you, you eat one bite of the dessert and you're like, yuck, well, you, you've also, you know, you don't finish it. You made an error that clearly wasn't worth $20. And, and rather than admit an error, 
a lot of us would rather make our situation even worse, right? Clearly finishing the dessert that you don't like and that's unhealthy is even worse than just saying, sorry, I made a mistake. But admitting a mistake and being willing to admit that you're wrong, that is one of the key goals of what people who are rational should be trying to achieve. And a way to do that is to recognize when something is a sunk cost, and when something is a sunk cost, don't let it influence your behavior. So I, I had a bit of a problem with the sunk cost fallacy once. I, I took my son to a, an indoor rock climbing place, and it was, it was kind of expensive. And you know he got harnessed up, and he tried it, and he really did try it. He's like, I, I don't like doing this. And I wanted to say, but let's stay longer because I spent so much money on this. But I, and then I had, to, I had to catch myself saying, but wait a minute, that's not relevant. I don't get the money back either way. The fact that I spent a lot of money on, you know, I'm paying for him to go into this rock climbing place. That's irrelevant to whether he should want to continue and irrelevant to whether I should want to continue. Right. Another example where the sunk cost fallacy might come in is if you go to graduate school and you spend a few years and a lot of money in graduate school and you think, oh, I don't really like it, but gosh, if I drop out, then I would have wasted this time and money. Well, yeah, that's true, but you waste the time and money if you finish it. You waste even more or if you don't finish it. This can apply with relationships. You know, you date someone for four years, let's say, and you want to break up with him or her. You think, oh, but gosh, if I break up with that person, all that time I put in was wasted because, you know, I'm in the stage of my life, let's say, where I'm looking for someone to get married to. Well, yeah, you know, that time will have been wasted if you don't see them, but you make the situation even worse if you continue to see them even longer. The sunk cost fallacy is also why a lot of people are confused as to why movie studios often release crappy movies that were really expensive to make. So you've probably read about this where a new movie comes out and it's reported in the press that it was really expensive. Let's say it cost $100 million to make, but boy, the movie is just terrible. It's not going to appeal to any type of audience. There's no way it's going to earn back its $100 million. Everyone knows this, but the movie's still released and it doesn't earn very much money. Maybe it just earns $30 million. So why is Hollywood doing this? Well, Hollywood is doing this specifically because they're not falling victim to the sunk cost fallacy. So let's imagine that you know some studio wants to make a really expensive romantic comedy, you know, starring very expensive actors. So they hire the actors, and they get through the movie, and they're about you know 80% through the movie, and they're like, oh gosh, this movie is just a disaster. They realize when it's 80% done, they, they can't save it, and they also got you know it's going to cost us. $20 million to finish this movie. Well, you know, we'll, we've spent $80 million so far, and it's going to cost $20 million more. And now if we don't finish the movie, we can't get any money back. But if we do finish it, well, at least we'll be able to get $30 million in ticket sales. So, of course, it's worth it for the studio to spend $20 million extra in order to get $30 million back. So the studio could end up finishing the movie knowing that in total it's going to cost them $100 million. They would have spent $100 million overall and only earned $30 million in profit, or in revenue, sorry. But this is better than not finishing the movie and just saying, okay, we'll stick with having lost this um, $80 million we've spent so far on the movie. So you would never you know, make a movie that you know will be very bad, but what you might do is start with the movie that you think will be good 
then, you know, towards the end, you realize, oh God, this isn't going to work, but we're better off finishing it because, you know, the money we already spent, we're never getting back. So we're better off finishing it than we are um, just abandoning the project. One of the worst examples of the sunk cost fallacy involves military policy. So it would go something like this. Imagine, you know, the United States gets involved in some foreign war and we really struggle and unfortunately a lot of American soldiers die. You know, they die valiantly, they die, they die bravely, but let's say, you know, 5,000 Americans died. And we're really not getting anywhere in this war. So some people suggest we should leave, we should get out. But another group will claim, oh no, but if we get out, all of the soldiers who've already died will have died in vain. So we can't let them die in vain, we've got to continue. No, I mean, that, that's just, that's horrible reasoning. The soldiers who died, they're dead no matter what we do. That's a sunk cost. It's a horrible sunk cost, but it is a sunk cost. You don't bring the soldiers back to life if you continue to fight this war. So if it's a bad war, you, you know, you shouldn't let the fact that a lot of people have already died fighting it cause you to want to stay. There's a saying, don't cry over spilt milk. And this saying is urging you to ignore sunk costs. Once you've already spilt the milk, you, you know, you can't put it back in the bottle. So you should just move on with your life. You should optimize your life given that you've spilt the milk. You know, if you waste money on something, buying a dessert, buying a gym membership, something that you no longer need, you should optimize your life given that you've expended, expended the money. You shouldn't make further bad decisions so somehow you won't have to admit that you made a mistake, that you admit you spilled the milk. Let's um, review. So some costs are costs that you can't get back no matter what you do. Now, the human brain wants to let sunk costs influence decisions, but this, this feeling is not rational, meaning you'll make worse decisions if you don't ignore sunk costs. You see, when making a decision, when deciding to go, whether to go on a, the right or left path, you should be thinking at the margin, and you should be asking yourself, what's different if I go on the left path versus the right path? If along both paths, you have to pay a certain cost, right? If you, you've lost the $1,000, no matter what path you go on, then that $1,000 should not influence the path that you go on. And if you do let it influence you, you're making a mistake. To combat the sunk cost fallacy, I suggest that you congratulate yourself when you resist an urge to let a sunk cost influence your behavior. Say to yourself, you know, most people, they would have let that sunk cost, they would have not worried about how that sunk cost is poisoning their decision making. But me, because I know a little bit about the art of rationality, I'm able to make a better decision because I've ignored sunk costs. Thank you for listening to me today.